It is 7.34 and we saw South Korean novelist Han Gang win last year's Man Booker Prize with her novel The Vegetarian. The prize often named as one of the elite literary awards, really. Um, if not the goal of every novelist, certainly great praise for any novelist. And it has become a more familiar name for us among the awards in this country as a result of Han Gang's success. But celebrating our ninth anniversary here at TBS EFM, we can turn to the 2014 Man Booker Prize winner for his novel The Narrow Road to the Deep North, which is actually... Um, derived from Japanese. We'll explain that in a moment. Richard Flanagan is on the line with us right now. First of all, congratulations belatedly on your award, and thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, thank you, Alex. Uh, and I must say, I think Han Kang's book is um, is a, a, a marvellous book, one of the best I've read in many years. How important is it to win the Man Booker Prize, just starting with that point, because that uh, certainly catapulted Han Gang to worldwide fame. You were already um, popular beyond Australian borders, but uh, was it particularly meaningful actually getting that to your name as well? Well, I think, Alex, that it's a a catastrophe of good fortune. You know, you you end up surfing a mudslide of, invitations and, um, uh, you know, events and so on and hoping you just don't fall off and, and get crushed beneath it. It's, uh, it, but, I, but I think really the larger point is you, you don't write for prizes or those sort of things. And a, a writer's life is mostly a journey into ever greater failures. And um, if occasionally the sun shines on you like it does with the booker, um, then you... You should enjoy it, but you also shouldn't take it too seriously. Having said that, of course, you are enjoying what looks like an illustrious career and quite a dramatic life. So dramatic, in fact, that the BBC made a documentary about it. Um, Richard Flanagan, Life After Death, uh, according to the BBC's blurb, chronicles the life and work of 2014's Man Booker Prize winner Richard Flanagan, the grandson of illiterates, a school dropout, a river guide, builder's labourer, and a passionate campaigner for conservation. Uh, This takes you through a journey through uh, your native Tasmania, uh, visiting ultimately Thailand to see firsthand the site of the Death Railway, the setting of that novel, The Narrow Road to the Deep North. Is that the sort of summary that feels a bit surreal to you? Um, or does it not even get close to telling us who Richard Flanagan is, the man? Well, I guess all biographies are, um, are true in their lives, aren't they? <laughs> it's, it's just, it must feel surreal to... to to have a documentary made about your life when you're still in your mid-50s and, and presumably feel like you've got quite a lot to contribute? Well, uh, yes, I, I suppose it does. I, I mean, I, I think life life is to be lived, Alex, you know. I, I think people, people fear death not because they're afraid of dying, but they're afraid that they've never lived. Uh, I've never believed in this thing that art and life are separate. I, th- I think you must live every day as though it's your last, or, or, or else um, there seems no point to being here. And I think um, the way in which we've been able to extend age out and, and push death further and further away 
means people forget what a gift every day is and um, and and should and should make the most of everything that comes to them. Now, the way you've just described your own life philosophy, it, it suggests somebody who um, lives in the moment, but your past seems to be hugely influential on your writing. And that is seemingly true of the, the narrow road to the deep north. Um, set against the backdrop of the Thai-Burma railway construction during World War II, uh, it, it, it seems to be your father's story that influenced there. Can you just elaborate for us? Well, the, the death railway was a monstrous war crime. I, I don't know how familiar your Korean listeners would be with it, but it, it's a, it was a 400 kilometres of railway built between Thailand and Burma by the Japanese in 1943 with a, a massive army of slave labourers, about a quarter of a million, of whom somewhere between 100,000 and 200,000 died, um, which is more people than died at Nagasaki. And um, most of those were Asians, um, but among their number were 60,000 Allied soldiers, prisoners of war, and my father was one of them. And uh, many of his friends died up there, and he was very lucky to escape with his life. And I guess that was the seminal event in his life. And um, I grew up, I guess, uh, a child of the death railway. And uh, people often say how much of this is my father's story or the things my father told me. I think much of it is all the things he never told me. It, it was the sort of wound that um, had entered him and which passed out into his family and his friends and all those who loved him. And uh, I, I guess man survives by his ability to forget, but, but equally freedom exists in the space of memory and Sometimes it's not possible in one life to walk back into the shadow and um, confront all that is there, and uh, it falls to others sometimes, um, historians, artists, writers, children, to, to have that task of walking back into the shadow. And this was a, a book I never wished to write because I sensed the gravity of it and and the difficulty of it, it was easy to write a bad book about it. I, I thought it was almost impossible to write a good book. And um, it took me 12 years to write. Um, I never wished to write it, but at a certain point I felt that if I didn't write it, I'd never write another book. Mm. And so I, it was like a stone inside me that I, uh, I, was, I had to well, get rid of simply through the act of writing. Clearly, it, it, it is um, an incredible, epic novel which has reached wide acclaim, um, whether that was your intention or not. But the, the thing is, you mentioned that you're not sure how much Korean awareness there is of the context. The, the novel does encompass uh, Japanese and Korean prison guards. Of course, South Korea w went through a brutal period itself in the 20th century uh, at the hands of Japan, but recruited Koreans for the Japanese imperial cause. How far, I mean, just from a Korean point of view of interest, how far did you have to delve into Korea's history for your own research? I, I was aware of Korea's history um, as a a colony of the Japanese, and I was aware of all that the Korean people suffered. 
And I had an interest in it because my father had told me how the Korean guards were often the most brutal in the prisoner of war camps. And, and he always felt this was a great sadness, which it is because it was also understood um, even by the prisoners of war at the time that the Koreans were people who the Japanese despised and um, the Japanese wouldn't actually use them as soldiers. They would press gang them into uh, forces to serve as prison guards, which, of course, in the Japanese scheme of things was seen to be without honour. Um, and uh, I guess this is the full horror of war, that um, the abused become the abusers, that... Um, those who suffer the most have it demanded of them that they inflict suffering on others. And so I, I, I felt uh, in the that, that I, I wanted to have um, a, a fully-fledged Korean character who's a major figure in the novel because I felt his fate was especially tragic. And I, there's been much rightly made of the suffering... Um, the immense sufferings of the Korean comfort women. Uh, but I, I think the fate of um, people who are often their brothers, um, those who are press-ganged into being guards of the prisoner of war in the, uh, amidst the uh, immense Japanese slave labour schemes, I don't think their fate was much less cruel. You, you've moved forward through so many different subjects of writing and I, I'd love to talk about all of them unfortunately we don't have time but it, it, as I suggested before it's clear that that they draw on your own personal um, history but now your new book First Person is making headlines and is based on your first-hand experience can you tell us a bit more about what that story's concerning? Well it's a long story but uh, I'll try and tell a very brief version in, in essence um, when I was starting out as a writer, I was working as a builder's labourer and I got a gig to ghostwrite the memoir of Australia's most notorious con man and corporate criminal in six weeks, um, for which he'd pay me $10,000. And in the third week, I mean, this man had embezzled over a billion dollars from Australian banks to set up this rather strange paramilitary organisation that was alleged to have CIA links and so on. Um, and after three weeks, he shot himself dead. And um, I was left to ghostwrite a ghost, I suppose. And uh, Bizarre. To try and, it's a very bizarre story. And um, uh, I guess I was haunted by him because he, in his narcissism, his solipsism, in his desire to um, know everything about you and allow you no private life, um, any celebration of an idea of the world as evil and only answerable to money. Uh, I felt he was a harbinger of the age that we now live in, um, in which, as Mark Zuckerberg said, um, Privacy is no longer an acceptable social norm uh, in which um, we've all become our own big brother, daily recording every aspect of our lives um, on our phones where the, the darkest dreams of totalitarianism have sort of become a reality we carry around in our back pocket. Mm. And uh, 
so I sort of returned to these experiences and tried to um, invent a story about them that might speak to something of what we've become now. Again, really interesting subject. Um, we want to finish, as we often do when we speak to renowned novelists, with a bit of advice um, and and this idea that aspiring writers face tremendous rivalry with the new media, including social media that you just described, but blogging and short-form writing and, and short attention spans. They seem to be a great challenge if you're writing an epic novel. Um, but you've suggested the role of fiction is revealing necessary truth. Maybe that's particularly true of some of the horrors of the 20th century. What would you then say to aspiring writers as, as a piece of advice to finish off? Well, I think it matters more than ever. And I think in an age where privacy is so under attack, um, reading remains one of the great private acts. And so it's acquired now a subversive power. And um, if you can just write your books with enough courage and honesty, um, then you can be heard across the continents and through the decades. And books speak, I think, as the other forums for uh, discussion and debate close down, as the the media more and more closes down, as politics collapses, um, you see people returning more and more to the novel because it speaks to fundamental truths um, that we don't find elsewhere. And that's why a book like Hun Kung has resonated around the world. So I think it's a very hopeful time to be a novelist and I think the novel has returned more important and more powerful than ever Thank you so much for sharing your own wisdom and your time with us today, Richard Flanagan 2014 Man Booker Prize winner the author of, among many others The Narrow Road to the Deep North, which is a translation of part of a Japanese poem if you want to look into that a bit further but that's all we've got time for for now Thank you so much again Thank you, Alex.